take two. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Week five has started. We'll be reviewing a, a crackerjack Thursday night football between the Rams and the Seahawks. It's me, Will Gavin and Matthew Sherry. We'll be looking ahead to Raiders against the Bears. We'll be talking to Hunter Renfro, no relation, and a Bears player yet to be decided. We'll go through all the other games. This is the Gridiron Show. Sorry about the first one, guys. But that's that's consigned to to never, ever be heard by anyone ever. Oh, no, Matthew Sherry's recorded it. Drat. Yeah, I've got it. Drat. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as, as well, what I loved about the intro was that you said, <clears throat> excuse me, a Bears player yet to be decided, as if we were going to turn up and just have our pick of the litter. We're very much... <laughs> very very much at the whim of the bears pr because their training is today we're recording this friday morning they've told us we'll get a one-on-one but they haven't told us who with khalil mack i'm thinking it's going to be him <coughs> i'm thinking it might not be but it'd be oh, lovely okay. if it was yeah wouldn't it wouldn't that be great oh. like the bbc got john gruden sky got to hear whitehead and Derek carr we got hunter renfro which I'm not complaining about because he was absolutely brilliant, but it just shows you the uh, where, where we are on the priority scale. And I'm okay with it. I'm not complaining. I'm just I just want to manage expectations. TV rule the roost. Oh, no. that's the that's the reality. TV rule the roost. So we'll have that coming up on the show. The big old we'll be... hot take from from Matt Sherry there. <laughs> yeah, I'm you can you can you can massively hear the frustration in my voice as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so we will just be sweeping past that. Uh, we'll be looking back on Thursday Night Football and we'll just do a quick fire what our predictions are for the games this weekend and we'll do the London game in a bit more depth. How about that, boys? Yeah, let's do We that. don't need to go into every game. Let's just bang, 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 I reckon. Yeah. Sweet. So let's start with Thursday Night Football because how about Dem Seahawks? 30-29 to 29 win over the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't mean how about them Seahawks. I mean how about Russell Wilson. I know this is a storyline I've been banging on about all season. And yes, they showed more talent on the team last night. It was probably their best all-round performance. But Russell Wilson, yet again, digging out a dreadful coaching performance to win this game. Plus a ridiculous Julian Edelman in Super Bowl 51-esque catch for uh, an interception. All of that combined. It was a really entertaining Thursday night football. Yeah, two two great Thursday night games in a row. Um, a massive win for Seattle, actually. Take control of the division, and and if you're going to beat the Rams, you need to get the win against them at home because you you know it's going to be more difficult on the road. You've got a great home environment. I mean, the coaching was disgraceful. It really was disgraceful. Three three ones I'm going to pick on. The fourth and one in the in the in the second quarter. You have to go for it in that situation for two reasons. One, to try and score a touchdown. And two, most importantly, to stop the Rams getting the ball back. You know, it was under two minutes. If you if you if you convert that, you you deny in the Rams a possession, which was important as we saw as the game went on. And also, a forty eight yard field goal is, is hardly a chip shot. So I hated that decision. And then I mean it was just comedy hour in the fourth quarter. First of all, Seattle were too slow on their what eventually proved their game winning drive. They were trying to bleed the clock, but all they were doing is making it so that the Rams would have enough clock to to score and the Seahawks wouldn't be able to respond if they did. That was dreadful. And then 
my ultimate, 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 ultimate game management frustration that Brian Schottenheimer is obviously going to fall into the trap of. If there's two minutes and two seconds left on the clock, you have to throw a pass. Have to. The clock is stopping anyway at two minutes. Throw a pass. Don't run it for three yards into the line of scrimmage. Give the Rams a possession back. And ultimately, they should have cost themselves the game because they miss a 44-yarder. Infuriating, but as I think we all agreed this morning, Russell Wilson right now, way out ahead in front for me in the MVP race because the the difference between his weapons and Patrick Mahomes is, is, is significant. I think he's been spectacular this season and that was one of the best performances of his career last night. Uh, all agreed. I've got him at the head of my MVP race, partially because of the talent around him, partially because of the coaching talent around him as well, and mainly because he's having his best season at quarterback whilst having the least talent and the worst coaching he's had probably in the last seven years. Uh, so I hate to, it's pain to say it, but it's, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see how the 49ers do off the <laughs> bye on Monday night. But right now, We've got a pretty exciting NFC West by the Cardinals. I thought I thought Wilson, I mean, the, his elusiveness is ridiculous. The touch passes, the way he he's, is now using his feet, running down the field if, the, if there is no pass on. And the, the, the touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett is just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And, and I also think, you know, the, the touchdown pass to DK Metcalf as well. Yeah. I get that it was wide open. But he is the best deep ball thrower I've seen, man. He, he just drops it in the bucket every single time. I mean, that was a that was a perfect ball into a place where it wasn't like even the defensive back could had time to get back to Metcalf because of how well thrown it was. I mean, it, the numbers as well bear out. I mean, Wilson isn't a statistical freak passing wise usually. He's completing seventy three percent, fourteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, no interceptions, and you know another hundred and twenty yards on the ground and two TDs. I mean, he's been spectacular. Four and one as well, the Seahawks. I mean, I don't think this is a four and one roster. Certainly not without him. On the NFC Rams, and I know on the NFC Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, I'm all over the shop this morning. Uh, look, the, the game was brilliant in general. The, the yeah, 59 points, five lead changes. It was just wonderful to watch. Um, I do, I am concerned uh, with the uh, the head injury to Brandon Cooks. Another concussion for him, which could prove a long term problem. Although Cooper Cup, as you called it last week, Sherry, is looking increasingly like a number one receiver, and was absolutely the way that they ran this offense. This was, despite the loss, a bounce back game for Jared Goff. He was miles better than he's been the last two or three weeks. Still had three or four errant throws. Oh, i double that, pal. Mate, not at all. I I had this from you last night, Ollie. I'm not buying it. He had his best game since probably week 15 of last season. I'm not arguing against that. I'm not arguing against that, but he had some very bad throws. throws. He did. no way he had eight errant throws at all. I thought that it was a typical Jared Goff performance, which is that... When Sean McVeigh is able to scheme it, he he gets it. I mean, McVeigh did a great job actually. Like Seattle's defense, you know this this kind of cover three zone concept. It only really works in the modern NFL if you've got elite talent at all three levels. And I think we saw that again last night. And what we saw a lot of was, you know, how many players did you see where the read was essentially on one one part of the field and and 
McVeigh flood a zone, so he'll put two receivers into a zone, one underneath and one over the top. And the amount of times he's dropping balls to the over the top, over the top of the linebacker to the deep guy, or going underneath. I, I thought it was all scheme. McVeigh called a great game. I, I don't think. I mean, I think. I think that's. I think that's massively overly harsh. He was. He was much better under pressure yesterday. He's fa- and he faced a lot of it from that front four. The interior of that offensive line. Let me finish. The interior of that offensive line is absolutely dreadful. The changes, losing Saffold and losing the old Viking centre, whose name I can't remember. Sullivan. They have, it's been a massive, massive downgrade for them. It, honestly, the move to two tight end as well, which I don't understand why they're not doing that more, because Gerald Everett looks a crisp enough route runner that if you needed to audible into one of those three bunch receiver sets that they do so well, you easily could do that and have Everett in there as a receiver. I, I think the rumours of the LA Rams offensive demise have been uh, have been a little bit overstated from two weeks ago. I think they had a good game last night. Oh. It was just game management and a miss. If, if they don't miss that kick last night, we're talking about a great Rams performance. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm talking about a great coaching performance by Sean McVay who schemed virtually there are throws. There are so many throws in that game. The one into the turkey hole between the corner and the safety on that third and ten was a throw that maybe only seven or eight quarterbacks he, he, he make does, confidently. He does, he does make well throws, but soon as the pressure comes, as we saw when he was back, scheme, that's talent. Soon as no, if anybody could make a throw to an open guy under pressure, he has got arm talent. He wasn't the open. Is, he hasn't got, he hasn't, no, I'm talking about anybody can make it through when there's no pressure on him and there wasn't any pressure on him. But soon as there's pressure, he crumbles like a deck of cards. We saw it when they were inside their own five-yard line when he nearly threw two interceptions. One was a terrible pass behind the receiver. Soon as there's pressure, there's problems. And that defence is, McVeigh will eat alive that defence any time that he plays it because he's so good at flooding the zones and scheming it up. And that's, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the big Rams players were passes underneath to the tight end on screens and things like that that got down the field because McVeigh did such a nice job. I, I thought this was a very, very nice bounce back performance for Sean McVeigh, not so much for Jared Goff. I agree with I think you, you're being Sherry. Overly, overly harsh on Jared Goff. I think you're being overly night. kind on Jared Goff. So oh, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the hardest atmospheres to play in. Constant noise, having to use various different snap counts and hard counts to do it. Much, much better under pressure than he'd been in previous weeks. I'm not saying he was brilliant, but I'm saying he was a top half of the NFL quarterback last night. And you're talking about him like he's sub twenty five. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That's the thing. The whole thing is. Been, $40 million quarterback. I mean, but that's just it, the market. That's nothing to do with his personal talent. The market is when a starting quarterback goes on the market, they're getting paid as the top guy. I'm Guess sorry, what? Jack Russell God. Wilson had to earn his $35 million a year last night, and he proved it, and he did it. Everyone does that. Next year, we're going to see a couple of people who get paid way more than Jared Goff, who probably aren't as good as him. He missed I 20 throws last what? night, and Will, you're only saying he three. 20 throws. You had three. You Five major drops in that game, including the big interception. You you are being so totally unfair. I don't think I am. I think you're you're seeing it through rose tinted glasses. 
Not why would I be seeing a Rams game through Rhodes? I don't know. It's, it's weird. They're a 49ers fan, and for me, it's better that they lose that game because I think that the Russell Wilson, unless he maintains a ridiculous level of performance over the season, it's better for me the Seahawks beat the Rams now because if the 49ers stay competitive, the Seahawks are the more likely of the two teams to drop off because they're relying on one man being phenomenal and the coaching's dreadful. It's better that the Seahawks win for me. I just think people are being overly harsh on Jared Goff. One team has a great quarterback, the other doesn't. Simple as that. Well, yeah, but you're talking about that's that's apples that's, and oranges. You're talking about top three guys. You're talking about top three guys. It's literally, it's literally Brady, Wilson, Mahomes. Nobody else touches that tier right now. So you, that's not a comparison to make. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a guy who was in the Super Bowl last year, the quarterback of the t- of of. I mean, he was in the MVP race for most of the year, and also subsequently got that big contract, those are the standards he should be judged by. That's what the Rams are paying him to be. I mean, the Rams are paying him to be a top-five quarterback. He's not even close to it. He wasn't last night. Soon as there's any pressure on him, he crumbles very, very quickly. I, and you I, can't do that. It was nowhere... No, but this is that's the narrative that I'm disagreeing with, mate. I'm saying that there were four or five times that was true last night. I think that's true of almost any quarterback in the NFL, bar some very special ones. I'm also saying that the amount of pressure they did get last night, and they were pressuring him on pretty much every snap with how bad the interior of that line was, I think you put... No, like 80% of the quarterbacks in the league back there and they make more mistakes than Goff did last night under the level of pressure he was under with that offensive line. I don't think he was under anyone here as much pressure as you said. I, I think it was, like I said, for me, credit McVeigh, but we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Should we uh, move on to Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, before we fall out anymore. There's no falling out. It feels there like there's a, a falling uh, out here. Legitimate debate about the quality of a quarterback. Is there a problem with that? I think it was good debate. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Oh. Why is Ollie trying to make it something it's not, Sherry? <laughs> this is where there's this is where there's going to be a falling out. There's going to be a falling out about Ollie's nonsense. That's what's going to happen. Such a podster, isn't he? Oh, he's unbelievable. Pod he's literally stirrer. the worst person. Uh, podster. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, should we hear from our interviewees for this weekend, and then we'll preview that game and, and then ping around the rest of them? How about that? Let's do that. Sounds good, buddy. Beautiful. We'll start off with Oakland Raiders rookie wide receiver. Yes. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who, no if you don't know his story, very good. If you don't know his story, if you're not a, a college football fan, this is a two time college. Uh, national champion, having been a guy that was a walk-on when he turned up at Clemson, had baseball scholarships and, and turned them down. Walk-on at Clemson, caught the game-winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson in 2017, that unbelievable, where they came back and won it with a second on the clock. Uh, was also heavily involved in the 2019 uh, college championship as well. Fifth-round draft pick for the Raiders this year, and an erudite, erudite and an interesting person. So uh, let's hear from Hunter Renfro now. Here in the lovely surrounds of the Grove with... Uh, new wide receiver of the Oakland Raiders as of this season, Hunter Renfro. Hunter, how are you doing, sir? Awesome. It's cool to be here. It's a little different weather than California, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's awesome here. A little bit different weather to California, even less so than Nevada, where you're going to be next yeah. year. So you're going to have to get used to that heat at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I better soak it in while I can. So. It's been a, a massive year for you personally, a college championship. You got married yeah. and drafted by the Raiders. I mean, just tell us a bit about your, your 2019 yeah. so far. It's been a whirlwind, yeah. Won the, the national championship uh, in 2019, or in January. Then 
played in the senior bowl, which is kind of a professional thing, and then had the draft and the combine and got married and then moved all the way to California. Um, a lot of a lot of differences, uh, but it's just been a lot of fun and something that I've dreamed about since I was a kid. A lot of Clemson guys at your wedding. Yeah. Who's, who's the worst dancer? Worst dancer? Probably me. I didn't even dance. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I, danced, I danced with my wife, but besides that, I... Uh, I kind of let everyone else go. Was it pretty cool when you got drafted by the Raiders to know that someone like Cleveland Farrell was already going to be here, a guy who you came through through college? Yeah, Trayvon and Clee. Um, of course. It's, it's one thing to kind of think you know, but I know that those guys know what it takes to um, win it and, and win at a high level and, and just do the little things that it, it takes to win. So it's fun having them here. For you personally, coming from such a winning team as you did with college as a walk-on, can you just tell us a bit of comparison between Dabo Sweeney, John Gruden, how yeah. you found that transition? Yeah, yeah I, I joke with Coach Sweeney that they're, they're, I tell him, um, before I came, I was like, Coach Sweeney just signed a new deal, and I was like, I'm going to tell you if he's a $7 million better coach than you. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm kind of doing my recon, and I'm going to let Sweeney know uh, what I think here next week when I go back and see him. So, so far, is it a yes? Uh, they're, they're similar. Uh, I also tell them they're, they're very similar uh, in their styles, for sure. How have you found the learning curve since coming into the NFL? It's been good. Um, a lot of new, um, just the way the NFL professional league does stuff um, versus college. But um, it's been a lot of fun, and, uh, and it's good to kind of expand my football knowledge. Um, I like the way they, think they do things. To be fair, Greg Olson, uh, your defensive coordinator, has just been at the, the podium talking about your development, saying how pleased they are with it. We heard LaMarcus Joyner talking about your route running. And for a lot of wide receivers, that's a, a hard step between college and the NFL. Do, were you set up in college to, for your route yeah. running in the NFL? Do you think you were in a good position coming in? Um, I felt like I was, and then I got here, and I, I probably wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so different, um, just learning how to, to run the routes against professional guys and bunch formations. Um, but... Um, all these guys at this level are so good, and uh, and I've been able to learn some of the best um, through my teammates. So, how are you finding working with Derek Carr? Yeah, he's amazing. Um, a great person, a good football player, but even better person. And that's what you want to you you look at because football, whatever you play, it's just a game. Whatever you do, is just a game. So it's so much fun to be able to to do it with the people you love doing it with. And uh, so that's Derek for you. That's really cool. And, and to be fair. You've had a pretty good run of quarterbacks through Deshaun Watson, who we've got coming out here later this year, and then Trevor Lawrence, who I think a lot of people think will be the number one pick overall next year. So you've done all right quarterback-wise. Yeah, and we had Kelly Bryan, who's at Missouri, um, doing well. And so, uh, yeah, and Derek, yeah, I mean, um, it's just been, I've been spoiled. I've definitely been spoiled. Um, So it's been fun. Do you think people are right to be excited about the idea of him being number one next year? Absolutely. Yeah. Before I came, he, I didn't know where I was going to get drafted to. Uh, Sweeney, Sweeney told me, Coach Sweeney told me that uh, wherever I go, I'll probably have a downgraded quarterback. <laughs> and uh, it hasn't been the case yet, but uh, he, uh, he's amazing. Trevor's amazing. Um, in terms of for you personally, coming as a walk-on into that Clemson team, fifth-round pick now, does that give you any personal desire when you're coming out here and you're practicing and, and to prove yourself even further? Um, it gives you more of an appreciation just to see where you come from, um, good perspective on things, um, the same things that I did as a walk-on um, that worked then work now. Um, and it comes down to just hard work, 
um, going out there every day and just not treating it like a job, not treating like, oh, I have a Wednesday practice and or Thursday practice in London. <laughs> you, I mean, I got a Thursday practice in London. I go and have fun um, and just enjoy my time. So. How do you prepare for a defense like the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's hard to. Um, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> um, they're, they're one of the best ever. And so um, we just got to focus on controlling what we can control and going 11-0. Um, it starts with me winning my job going 1-0, and and then if everybody can win their jobs, then we'll go 11-0, and and um, we'll have some success. feels like the offense has done really well early in games when the plays have been scripted, yeah. but yeah. more difficulties it's gone on. Is that something that you guys have worked on? Um, yeah, but it just comes down to execution. Um, I, don't, I don't think we really think about that as much. I think it's more so just executing the plays we, we need to execute, um, and whether that's intention to detail, um, just staying locked in like we are the first quarter or the first few drives, then we'll be all right. The last couple from me. How, how do you personally find it shutting out the noise? Because this is a Raiders team who obviously get a lot of attention through hard knocks, through the fact yeah. when John Gruden's a coach, you're always going to get attention. Yeah. But then everything that happened with Antonio Brown over the summer as well was a huge story yeah. here as much as it was back at home. So how do you kind of blinker that and just focus on, on your... Yeah, well, for me personally, I don't know anything different. I mean, this is the NFL to me. So uh, we've had a lot of things going on, but uh, I don't know what training camp without hard knocks. I don't know an offseason without the whole situation we had and so um for me it's everything's new and it's normal and so maybe until something proves otherwise then it won't be normal but this is my norm right now the big talking point this week has been Vontae's perfect mm-hmm. what did you make of that entire situation yeah he's incredibly good um we're gonna miss him um uh, the game's obviously changing a lot um but i don't think he meant anything by it i don't think he meant to do it obviously um but a lot of the guys who have come up and talked from the defensive side of the team, people like to hear Whitehead, have been really positive on his character. Is yeah. that something you saw around the locker room? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vontez, one of the smartest, best guys we have. And uh, he was a great teammate, always was nice to me. Um, I've only been here like three months. Um, <laughs> what, but, three months? <laughs> yeah, but everything, everything I've, every time I've talked to him, he's been helpful. Um, so it's, it's disappointing, but at the same time, um, we got to go play and the people who make the rules got to make the rules so i did actually think there was one last one i did need to ask because you went to the stadium on tuesday night to see tottenham Bayern munich joke they scored the first touchdown in the stadium because they got (laughs) seven goals but uh yeah so what was your impression of the tottenham stadium of the atmosphere of seeing a soccer game it was my first yeah soccer game um that i've been to over here and uh it was unbelievable it, it, they never sat down. Like in football, you have breaks and you have half times, and I guess you have half time in soccer. But um, it, people were just going crazy the whole game, um, and and Tottenham did go up one zero, which was cool. Um, all that energy just. It was just such a unique and incredible experience. I think you'll find it's more like a college atmosphere, yes, more like yeah. that Super Bowl atmosphere this weekend when yeah. you when you see it for yeah. the NFL. It's going to blow your mind, I reckon. Yeah, just a lot of passion, people growing up around the sport. Um, it's, it was exciting. I want to come back and bring my wife and take her to a, a soccer game. Well, best of luck for this weekend, Hunter, and hopefully your awesome. great 2019 continues. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hunter Renfro speaking with the Gridiron Show. Uh, I sent you these bits over yesterday, but his, um, his chat about his conversations with Dabo Sweeney about John Gruden and about how like he was going to let him know if he was a $7 million better head coach than him and uh, how Dabo Sweeney said to him based on about Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't matter which team you go to next season, you're getting a downgrade at quarterback. I like that about Derek Carr. He said, that's not been true yet. 
yet. It's, it's, <laughs> it certainly hasn't been true watching Trevor Lawrence this season either. <laughs> yeah, that's that's potentially fair. Um, so yeah, really interesting character. And now we'll hear from a Bears player. And I don't know who it is yet because it's not happening for another three and a half hours. We're here with fourth-year linebacker for Chicago, Leonard Floyd. How are you doing, sir? How are you enjoying London so far? Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Uh, we just got done with practice. Uh, from the head back to the hotel and relax for the rest of the day. Akeem Hicks came out over the summer, obviously, a guy who plays on the line with you in the front seven with you. What did he tell you about his trip out here, about that Tottenham Stadium? Uh, he said he had a great time, man. He enjoyed the fans that came out and supported, and uh, he enjoyed meeting the people from London. Uh, he just told me it was a great trip. He specifically means me. I want yeah, you to know yeah, that, Leonard. Like he said, yeah. there was a big ginger guy, yeah. and I totally get that. That's that's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you. There's been a lot of talk with the Raiders out here all this week about them missing Khalil Mack since he left there. You were here when he came, mm-hmm. so can you just tell us a little bit about the impact he had on your locker room last year and what they are missing out on at this point? Uh, last year when he came in, it was more of a, uh, just a, a guy who came in and just worked hard and uh, and just showed up every game and uh, made big plays for our team. And uh, I'm glad the Raiders gave him to us. Uh, I know they biting it, biting their thumbs that they let him go like that, but uh, we happy to have him and uh, we're gonna keep going hard with him. It was already a good defense before that. So, how much did that elevate you to you know the level where you were best in the league last year? Uh, we was we was top ten uh, before he came, and then when he came, we was the number one defense. So that pretty much says what what happened when he came. Uh, he just elevated our defense a lot, and this year we've been trying to do the same thing. Huge amount of talent in that defense, and at the moment, and it was only four games in, but you're on pace with that 85 Bears defense. Do you believe that you know you are a team who can at this point go all the way based on the strength of a of a strong defense? Uh, I definitely have total confidence that we can go all the way. Uh, it just takes uh, just taking it one one game at a time, not looking too far ahead, uh, and just keep grinding. Uh, in terms of what you've seen from the Raiders, from Derek Carr, from what you've watched on film, are you guys pretty confident with their setup that you're going to be able to to contain them at Spurs this weekend? Yeah, we're looking forward to the matchups. Uh, they got a great offensive line, big offensive line, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for our defense to stop them from running the ball, and we're looking forward to it. You're right about big offensive line. That is a big, bruising unit. So what have you guys been working on this week to counteract that? Uh, I won't give away our game You don't give away too much. Yeah, but, you know, I, just... I, I, I can't even give you a hint because they <laughs> might find it and use it against us. So, But uh, it's going to be a great game, great matchup. Uh, Looking forward to playing in it. And can I just ask you what the difference has been this season with Coach Pagano coming in versus what you had last year with Vic Fangio, what that's done for your defense? Uh, it's two different type of people, but they're both great coaches, uh, great defensive-minded coaches. Uh, I mean, Coach Pagano just an all-around good guy, funny guy. He always makes jokes for the team and makes sure everybody just feeling uh, not too uptight. More, He wants people to be more chill, uh, yeah, I'd probably say that about Coach. I got that impression. We were out first week. We came for opening night and seeing him in practice with you guys, it felt quite loose and mm-hmm. quite kind of, I don't know, it felt like you, you guys were having fun out there, which yeah. I guess is key. Yeah, most definitely. He's a fun guy and uh, he does a good job of making sure we're having fun too. Uh, and then just finally to ask you, are you aware of the, the UK history with the Chicago Bears, how big the team are out here? Mm-hmm. Because when we first got 
uh, American football televised here. It was in the mid-80s. It was with that 85 team. Mm. And so you're going to find that it's going to be like almost a home atmosphere on Sunday, I think. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, and we're going to go out and ball hard for the fans that come out. Uh, can't wait. Love it. Leonard, thanks so much for your time. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. How long? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, for people who might not be familiar. How are you enjoying the, the London experience so far? Man, you know, I can't get enough of it. Uh, part of me is very dead set on this being a business trip, and um, we have a football game to win and, and get home. Uh, but a part of me is already figuring out where I'm going to visit when I come back and uh, <laughs> when I'll be coming back. It's, it's really funny. Uh, when the Raiders were out here probably three or four years ago, we ended up at a kind of press and, and player dinner, and I ended up chatting to your dad, of all people, really? while we were there. And I'd said that I'd met you in the Bears locker room earlier that year, and I'd met Chris as well. And He's I was a like, pretty cool guy. You're, I mean, he, had the, he said the same about you. There was, uh, you know, they, they're very He's proud ob- of you, man. He's obligated to say that. I don't think it, it works in the other way. You know, I, I don't have to say he's a nice guy, but he's great and uh, lucky and obviously having a tradition of football and a history of it in our family and now watching the league grow into an international affair and um, we just hope to see uh, the same growth and the same passion and love for the game that we share. Was it always with Chris playing pass rush, were you always going to be an offensive lineman? Well, I was a left-handed pitcher. I played baseball for, uh, you know, I was a baseball guy and um, I didn't really hit people till I was 17, and uh, my younger brother had just been slotted to be the varsity quarterback for our high school, and he was y- a year younger than me, and uh, it was an idea of my dad's. He said, maybe you should go play offensive line and protect him, <laughs> and you know, from there, I went and played, and it, it's taken off from there. What do you make of, of this unit this year? Firstly, how's Chase fitting in with this full week to work with the ones and, and to, to really get out there and, and make sure he's got this nailed down? Well, I think the, the easiest way to des- describe Chase is he's not surprised by anything. He's not afraid of anything. And uh, his, his history in this league and the people that he's played behind and learned from, that tutelage is priceless. And being around a guy like Drew Brees has uh, been you know, very, very instrumental in his development. And you can see it when he's in the huddle. He's very comfortable. Um, he communicates clearly and he does a great job keeping his troops rallied. And I guess coming from being with Coach Nagy over when he was in Kansas City and, and having that experience of the offense, yeah, yeah like I, he's picked up quickly, I guess. Yeah, so uh, he definitely, you know, he's kind of been a teacher's aide, essentially. He's somebody that can help install plays. He's somebody that can help ex- explain it to the, the simpletons like myself. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's been, it's been nice having him. Yeah, but look, the, the, the middle of the line in particular, we were talking about this with the Rams game last night, they lose a couple of key pieces from there and people don't realise how important it is. So, you know, for British fans who may be coming to their first game this weekend and they're wondering what the big guys are doing up front, what should they be looking out for? I'd say the main thing is, uh, think of it as a tug of war where we're fighting over a neutral area, a no man's land, which is a line of scrimmage. And as an offensive player, in your mind, that's your line of scrimmage and the defensive players, they want it. And if we can control the line of scrimmage, which means I'm trying to inch forward, I'm trying to get you off the ball inches at a time, and um, that's the battle throughout the game. And uh, whichever you know, whichever boxer is worn out by the end of the fight, that's that's usually who ends up losing. And uh, we intend to wear some people out. We're here at a great rugby stadium right now, great soccer stadium it's this incredible. weekend. Have you have you do you follow rugby very much? Um, you know, a little bit. Having uh, I was an Oregon Duck, and there's uh, a, there's there's a lot of uh, people who played um, rugby up there. We get people from you know all over the world there, and uh, having an opportunity. To, to watch it a little bit there has been really fun. 
I uh, learned a little bit about cricket uh, as well. That okay. seems to be a wild uh, game. You know, a little slow for some people, but you know, more along. You're a baseball guy, so baseball uh, lines of things. But yeah, rugby. I like my pads and uh, <laughs> soccer. That's that's a lot of running. What one guy who you're not going to have to be battling for inches with, who you would have been two years ago, is Khalil Mack. Yeah. What did he do for this team when he came in? What are the Raiders going to be missing out on come Sunday? Uh, when Khalil Mack got here. It was very obvious that he is on a, another level in terms of skill, athleticism, and work ethic. And I think the more that we can all strive to be like him in terms of our work ethic, the better we will be as a football team. And in regard to the Raiders, I mean, they wish they had him. <laughs> it's been a lot of low-scoring, tight games so far this year. Do you feel responsibility or do you feel any weight on you as an offense to, to maybe go out and put a big performance at some point? You know, it's always nice to be able to help support and be a supporting cast for, uh, for the defense because we know that they're, they're the stars of the show. <laughs> um, but if we can get win a best supporting actor role, you know, whatever it is, then great. Uh, we, we're here to help and we're here to put points on the board, keep them off the field, and that's what we intend to do. Well, Carl, enjoy this weekend. Good luck for it at Spurs. Enjoy that atmosphere in that stadium because it is unbelievable. Did you ever speak with Akeem Hicks about his time over here and what he saw when he came out? You know, Akeem, uh, he's somebody that's traveled more than than I have and been able to pick his brain. And our left tackle, Charles Leno's Jr., uh, another guy who's well-traveled and it uh, just makes me realize how many opportunities I've missed <laughs> and how many trips I have yet to take. So we have a lot on the plate. Hey, you're always welcome back anytime. I've got a lovely sofa bed. Right. So cheers, <laughs> cheers Carl. Really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man. Take Thanks. That was Bears. I'm just going to insert the name there, and it'll sound really sl- slick. Or I'll just leave the silence. Well, not like everything else that you've said so far. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Wookiee wide receiver this time, so I've done all right. I did Jonathan Wassett. Can, can I just say, just a, a quick aside, I've just found out that there was a wide receiver for the Bengals in 2008 called Matthew Sherry. I, I definitely need to do a magazine story on this. I'm not sure you do. It's pretty interesting. This, this, it's up there with the, my the top 22s. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that there was a player who had the same name as the editor of the magazine is as good an article as Ollie wanting to do the top 22s in the NFL. <laughs> God, can you remember that? <laughs> oh, he was banging on about it the other day. Again. Mate, I still think we should do it. When Matt Breeder had that brilliant run with the George Kittle block, he was like, another great 22, Willie. Harrison <laughs> Smith, top 22. Uh, yeah, okay. There's some good players with number 22. We that, can all agree on that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you, buddy. It's the crux of it. Uh, what are you... Um, what are you guys feeling about this weekend's game? All the talk in, in Raiders training camp has been about two things. It's a bit about them relentlessly backing Vontae's perfect, which has been interesting to hear, to say the least. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about how their offensive line, which has undoubtedly improved this year, can deal with Khalil Mack et al. I just I feel like we, we might see a low scoring. We might see a bit of an ugly affair. I, I can't see them putting enough points up on this Bears defence even if the Bears only get 16. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, I still think the Bears' defence, along with probably New England, is the best in football. And that's they're so deep as well, as we've seen with Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith missing last week and them shutting Minnesota down as effectively as they did. I mean, I think we have to look back at last week 
for Oakland. You know, that was a good matchup for Gruden. Nobody knows the Tampa 2 defence better than he does, given that he ran it for a Super Bowl team. So it wasn't surprising to see them have success against the Colts who and, run that scheme as well. And let's not forget they were missing Darius Leonard, Malik yeah. Cooker, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Mack went out of the game injured. Like That's basically their four best players who aren't a quarterback. Yeah, but I think I'd, the main point for me is I think it's a little bit fool's gold on the Raiders. You know... Derek Carr's a little bit like in that Jared Goff mould where when when the pressure comes on him, he's going to struggle. He's going to see a lot of pressure in this game. Although, the one thing I would say is I've watched a little bit of the Raiders this year. Trent Brown, who I was concerned would essentially become fat and stop being interested in playing, <laughs> has played as well as he did in the playoffs for New England last year. So that's a good sign for them. I think him and Colton Miller, Miller on the other side um, have been a, a good tandem of tackles this season so far, but they haven't faced... It was interesting, the defensive coordinator uh, was at the podium yesterday and when he was being asked about Khalil Mack, he said, you know, we had a game plan for the Broncos and it worked pretty well on their pass rush. We'll have a game plan for these guys as well. Trent Brown wasn't full a full participant on the first day we were there on uh, on Wednesday and he did look like he was carrying a bit of a limp, but he also did the podium that day and he said it was just literally a, a knock and he expects to be fully healthy for this weekend. Um, you know, there was some conversation between those there who were aware of his past about... Do you think he's just taking plays off rather than actually injured? Um, but, you know, like you say, when he's been on the field, he's looked motivated. So if you can motivate him, he's got the potential to be a top-tier tackle. Yeah, well, without doubt. I mean, physical talent, He's he's got everything. I mean, he's the problem is that sometimes he balloons up to £380 and that isn't sustainable. He went he went over £400 during the off-season before the 49ers <laughs> traded him to the Patriots. He so went over £400. That's the sort of thing they make a Channel 5 documentary about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane, isn't it? Well, he's, uh, he's a man-mountain, though, isn't he? I mean, when he's... When he's when he's healthy and, and not fat, I mean, he's just a beast, isn't he? How do you get past him? Ollie, you are a uh, you're a huge Gruden fan. What do you fancy for their coach gaming <laughs> this weekend? Do you know what? It'll be interesting because with Tyrell Williams looking like he's he'll be out, we're waiting for the injury report on Friday, but he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, and he's the bloke who scored four touchdowns this season so far, and it's linked up really well. With Derek Carr, that's a huge miss. I know they've brought in Trevor Davis from the Packers and Hunter Renfro will see more time, but I'm not sure it'll be difficult to see how the the Raiders are going to score when it's not special teams against this Green Bay Packer, uh, Green Bay against this Chicago. I wish against this Chicago defense. So. I think the Bears are just going to come in and dominate, and it'll be a low scoring. Yeah, I think I think the Bears are going to destroy them. Yeah, I really do. I could say the Bears scoring a couple of defensive touchdowns and and moving the ball enough themselves on Oakland's day. I think it'll be like a ten to ten to twenty point win. I mean, I just think the Bears are a much better team. Agree. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Chase Daniel. I know he knew this. He knows this scheme incredibly well. If you follow the line from Matt Nagy in Kansas City, where Chase Daniel was the backup and nearly the starter briefly, uh, through to the point they're at now, he knows it. But a week with the starters running every snap, it'll be interesting to see where he is. I think he's a better fit for what Nagy wants to do. He doesn't have those top tier. Uh, you know, running plays. He's not necessarily the the guy who's going to make something happen in the moment if everything breaks down. But his if he gets in rhythm, he's quite an accurate quarterback, and that's actually all you really need. No. Yeah. Hello. 
<laughs> I, was, I, was for, I was waiting for Ollie to jump in. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. I, I mean, no, I agree. He couldn't be any. He couldn't be any worse than Trubisky was at the start of the season. So I think he, he gives them a better chance to win. And that's what so I, I said class. as soon as uh, in, Trubisky in, in, went in, out. In. So it seemed like he he reads the field better than Trubisky. He may not make some of the the fluky throws that Trubisky can make we saw with that Taylor Gabriel throw and touchdown a couple of weeks ago but I think he's far more serviceable and if you if you've got a plan of getting the ball out quickly short routes and um to to your tight ends and and to the first down marker you know that's the way that the Bears are going to play by the way not to go entirely back on myself First of all, I love that Trubisky's not playing in this game because Ollie would have a man he hates on both sides of the field and would just not know how to handle it. But secondly, uh, how did we not talk about the Russell Wilson touchdown throw to Tyler Lockett? I did. I didn't. I didn't hear you talk about specifically. We, 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 li- we, we literally spoke specifically about that Andy's touchdown throw to DK Metcalf. Have you been on drugs this morning? <laughs> I listen, well, I listened to the DK. I listened to the DK Metcalf one. And I was thinking about the fact that there was another drop that DK Metcalf had in the back end, back of the end zone in that game. Um, but it's just worth saying there is a video, which I know Ollie tweeted and I tweeted as well from NFL Next Gen Stats, which shows that it was the most improbable completion of the last two seasons based on all of the circumstances, based on the distance he had between the goal line, based on where the court, based on basically everything. Uh, and that's just incredible. Anyway, sorry. Well, I sorry, I went back on myself. I wasn't going to do it because Simon. Cla- I was going to say about Simon Clancy in a vacuum has come in and said that Goff was brilliant as well. So at least it's two and two with the gridiron lads. I mean, he wasn't. I'm going to argue with Clancy on that now. Uh, well, don't. Let's do the podcast first and then argue with it with him afterwards. Ah, <laughs> uh, should we go, boys? So we're we're all going. We're all going. Uh... The rest of Sunday. We're, 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 we're all going bears, right? Yeah. Yay! I so. Why? Well, I can't tell why you're happy about that. I mean, I know that you absolutely hate John Gruden, but surely you hate the bears. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not judging the Raiders on their ability to beat the Bears this season, are we? If if it's even a close game, it's a win for Auckland. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Taking the positives. Um, okay, let's. Should we bang through the Sunday games then? Has everyone done their picks on gridiron-magazine.com? I have done my yeah. picks. I got the one last night correct. Did, so happy about that. Every, yeah, I, I, yeah, there was no way I was taking not taking the Seahawks on Thursday night at home. Um, even though I liked the Rams to go in there and play well, but right, let's bang through the rest of the games and just literally a top line on each one because okay. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours. Uh, starting off with from the six o'clock kickoffs, there are some great games this week. And then there's the Cardinals at the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I still don't believe in Kyler Murray. I think the Bengals are going to win this and beat Miami to uh, the second place in the, the draft for the 2020. I just I think Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray are not going to win games. We, we could really do with the Bengals being on the board before they come to London, let's be honest. Yes. Like, if, they're, if they go from being a, uh, an 0-4 team to a 1-4 team, we can try and claim some relevance. And to be fair, the Bengals, was it against the Seahawks' first game of the season where they actually played really well and I thought the Seahawks were kind of lucky to come out of that game with a win? And 
things have just disintegrated for the Bengals. They haven't been able to get stuff going. They've had a few injuries, yada, yada. But I don't think they're a terrible football team. They're just not a very good football team. And I think the the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray, as I said, just they're not a football team. So, you know, I'm taking the Bengals. Oh, the Cardinals are brilliant, mate. You should just listen to their fans. <laughs> this is Sherry... This is Sherry's saltiest thing all season, and I'm, I'm absolutely here for it, boys. Uh, I take it you're taking the Bengals as well, buddy? Uh, no, I think the Cardinals will win. Okay. I, mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think the offences look great, but I mean, I think the Bengals. I mean, I also want them to win just because I'm kind of now hoping that Miami don't get the first pick just so I am I'm absolutely is... desperate for that to happen. <laughs> I've never been more desperate for something to happen. I wouldn't be unbelievable uh, uh, if they fluked winning right. a game and the Cardinals or okay. the Bengals or someone else managed, the Jets, someone else managed to come in and steal that number one pick from Simon Clancy. Not from... Oh. The Dolphins, not from uh, Neil Reynolds, nor the other fans, or the other nice Dolphins people we know, just from Simon Clancy, so you don't get to her. Ha! <laughs> just, just, oh, just, I would laugh! Just, just, <laughs> but, the thing is, I'm so conflicted, because <laughs> I want the pain for him to stop, but he's like, he's so emphatically now convinced himself that it's happening, that he refuses to even see a way that it couldn't, and I kind of wanted that reason. By the way, the Dolphins play the Bengals, so uh, there's every chance that that's the game. Night football. <laughs> Flex it in. Flex it in, the number one pick bowl. Can you um, get minus points? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, this is the, the worst game of the week, and we've managed to somehow talk about it for an extensive length of time. And then moved on but, to the dreadful uh, Dolphins. <laughs> but just to say, Ollie, you said you want nothing more. If I offered you right now... Packers in the NFC title game. No more than that. I'm not guaranteeing you victory or Super Bowl appearance or anything. You're just there. Or the Dolphins slip to the number three overall pick. What would you prefer? No, I'd still take the Packers. I mean, they might still get there anyway. I'm just guaranteeing you the spot. No, I'm I'm still taking the Packers. I'm not saying they don't get there if the Dolphins get the number three overall pick. Maybe they still do. I'm outrageously confident in the Patriots getting to the AFC title game, so I will take the Dolphins getting the first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right, okay. I would probably take the Dolphins taking the third. (laughs) Because I don't think it's a guarantee. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I I would love it. It would be so funny. Right. I feel sorry for him as well, though. It's a a double-edged Yeah, yeah, you would. I'm literally going to ping through the games now and uh, ask for your predictions and if for any of them you want to say anything that's under 15 seconds, then you're welcome to. But otherwise, I don't want people to have to wait around for us all day long. So what you're saying is we're entering into Hot Take City. Stop talking, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> this has been my favourite podcast in ages. Uh, Jets at Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. 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 Bears at Raiders, we've done. Vikings at Giants. Anyone buying into that Daniel Jones and the Giants have taken such a step forward that they beat a Mike Zimmer D? No, although Minnesota are a much worse team on the road than they are at home, but I think they'll win. No Saquon, no chance. I'm taking the Vikings. I'm also taking the Vikings. The Frisky Bucks at the New Orleans Saints. It's a tough place to go, but the Bucks have stepped up in a big way. Teddy, meh, pretty average, just doing enough so far. Can he still do enough in the Dome? I think this will be a much closer game than people think, that the Saints will just snake it. 
I think whatever the points line is, go above it. I think it's going to be really high scoring, but the Saints sneak it. I am with you, Matthew Sherry. Well, we'll all be boring and all pick the Saints, shall we? Sorry, Bucks, you're coming to London off another loss. Uh, The Houston Texans against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Going into the season, I'd have looked at this a gone coin flip game. I don't know what's going on with the Falcons. Uh, We've talked about it in some depth on Monday, so I'm taking the Houston Texans. I'm going to also take the Houston Texans. I think Dan Quinn... This may be his last year as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So Texans for me all day. Texans for me. Atlanta have an atrocious record under Quinn against teams in the AFC when it comes to the spread. Now, that's because they're clearly not very good at game planning against teams they don't know very well beforehand. Someone's been doing a betting preview. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens head into face their fierce rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the banks of the three rivers. The Ravens coming off... Back-to-back losses against the Chiefs and the Browns. The Steelers obviously still without Big Ben. Are they still without hope against the Ravens? I think the Ravens will win, but it'll be they're always close games. The funny part is Pittsburgh could could potentially end this weekend tied for the division lead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, God, that, that is so very funny. funny. I love Devin Bush. I thought he had a brilliant game against uh, against the Bengals. I just. I like I like the Ravens. I like Lamar Jackson, and I'm still going to continue believing in him when I'm going against the grain. When I actually think the Pittsburgh Steelers will win, I I, I love Devin Bush. I have no idea if he had a good game on Monday night because I've stuck to my principles and refused to. Watch. <laughs> we good mentioned man. it, and I, we mentioned it, and I'm livid. Um, <laughs> I've taken the Ravens, but actually, I like the Steelers' defense as a difficult read for Lamar Jackson. I think it's a tough test for him, but I do think they go in there and, and win. Uh, the Buffalo Bills in Tennessee. I think this is one of the most intriguing games of the week at this point. Yeah, it is because Tennessee, when they win you, and you think, oh, they're going to do something, they're going to go on a little bit of a roll, they inevitably lose the next week. Saying that, I've gone against that grain and I think the Tennessee Titans at home will will win against the Buffalo Bills because... I'm not sure that um, the Bills are as good a team as their record suggests. Do we think the Titans' offense is good enough against a, a Bills defensive front that have been real good this year? No, I mean, I think this will be the lowest scoring game of the week. It could go either way, but I give the edge to Buffalo. Um, I think they will shut down the Titans' offense. I have also taken the Buffalo Bills. Do I need to ask anyone whether they think New England are going to win in Washington? No. No. Perfect. Uh, the Jags at the Panthers. This is another intriguing one. A lot of Minshew mania against, what, Alan Apathy? It's not, though, is it? He was great last week. Um, this is kind of an intriguing one with London coming up as well. I find this quite a tough game to, to call. That The Panthers, 2-2, two and two, with their two wins coming with the backup quarterback. Yeah, I think Carolina will win. I mean, the, the, the underrated start on Carolina is I think their the secondary has been the best in the league so far this season. They, they're giving up like a ridiculously low percentage of completions. I think the opposing quarterback rating is about 70. So I think Carolina will win. I'm taking Carolina taken, as well. Great. I've taken the Panthers at home as well. So there you go. We don't believe in you that much, Minshew. Uh, the Denver Broncos are at home in Los Angeles against the Chargers. This is the game we uh, we went to How last year. How can you year. be at home in Los Angeles against the Chargers? It's called a joke, Matthew. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've, that's terrible from me. 
<laughs> I liked it a lot. I like that you're you really committed to it. Uh, yeah, I was making a joke about the Chargers' home support, which well, has actually been better this year if you've watched the uh, any of their games. Um, I don't know. Denver going 0-5. It's just, it feels so dirty. I mean, I've never picked the Broncos again, so yeah. <laughs> so you've been burnt by Monday Night Football and by the Denver Broncos. Oh my God, poor old you, Sherry. Yeah, I think, I think the Chargers will win this. They're just, I think Austin Eckler looks really great. Melvin Gordon has become the backup to him. I think Eckler's got better this season, which, from what I saw last year that seemed like it would be a bit of a stretch. But, yeah, I don't think the Broncos are that good, although I quite like their wide receivers. But uh, the Chargers for me. I'm also taking the Chargers. They basically had a week off last week against Miami, so they'll be refreshed and ready to go back at home. Uh, The the last three games to talk about this weekend are, are great. I mean... There's probably one that's lesser than the others. I'll let you decide which one. But let's start off with the Ice Bowl replay. Me and Sherry previewed this a bit on the uh, 100 podcast, the Packers at the Cowboys. So let's go to resident Pac-Man, Ollie Hunter. <laughs> resident pac I quite like that. Seeing as you've previewed it, I'm, I don't know whether there's that much more for me to add, given everyone's seen what Green Bay are, are like and how anemic their offense is once the scripted plays run out. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Aaron Rodgers. Why isn't he running about anymore? I think, is it a he protest? He against the Eagles, to be fair. He was a lot better against he the was. Eagles. He was. Yeah. He was. I thought that was a, a coin flip game based on the performances, not just based on you know, going into it or whatever. But it's weird. You, I, you, you see Russell Wilson moving and manipulating the pocket and, and doing things that Rodgers used to do. And Rodgers isn't doing that this season. I think Rodgers is getting old, though, isn't he? That's the, that's the issue. I mean... He's getting old. He's had injury problems. I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson's ever missed a game, yeah, has he? I, I can't think he's ever been injured. Rodgers has had injury problems. You know, they need to get an offense around him that allows him to play in structure. It's not there yet, but it, it could get there. I mean, it doesn't help that the head coach was massively overpromoted like the guy in Arizona, but, you know, hopefully it works out. Thanks, buddy. I've gone the Packers, but this is really because... I'd gone for a lot of home teams, and I thought, oh, well, there's bound to be an away win somewhere. <laughs> so, so I thought I might as well for my away my team on the road uh, to 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 buck the home trend that I that, that I'd put down in my predictions. So yeah, Packers win for me. Uh, I've taken the Cowboys at home. I think it'll be lower scoring than people expect, uh, and yeah, I like Dallas just to do it in in Gerald World. I like Dallas. Um, not enough people are talking about how bad the Packers' run defense has looked the last oh, two weeks. I've, dreadful. I've, and, and the, the only problem that, that the Cowboys have is, is Tyron Smith's injured. Um, but I could see a scenario where Zeke has a massive day and the Cowboys control it and win. Tyron Smith down. A pair of Smiths on the other side. Could Dak be sacked? Uh, there's, there's a whole line to go down with this. I almost wrote a poem then. Um the Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, live on TalkSport 2. Uh, we didn't talk about this at the top, but me and Ollie will be involved in live NFL coverage this Reunited season. United and it feels so good. And it means we'll get to head out on the, uh, on the road to the Super Bowl again, hopefully, after I was a bit umming and ahhing about going to Miami. I won't lie. Uh, so, uh, Chiefs at home seems like the, the easy pick to me. Are the Colts getting any healthier for this weekend, though? Could they cause them some problems? Yeah, I mean, Hilton and um, 
your linebacker who's from South Carolina. Who's Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard are both back. Um, I think the key stats that I said last week could help the Colts play this close, which is their ability to convert third downs. I haven't checked after the most recent games, but before last week, they were top five in the league, as I suggested they would be under Frank Reich. If they can do that and and limit the possessions that Mahomes has, then they've got a chance. But ultimately, I'm, I'm picking Kansas City. Arrowhead under the lights is such a fun it's it's a bucket list thing for me I really want to go you can do it with touchdown trips but um I I am taking the Chiefs I think they're just a far far better football team and it's going to be an incredible atmosphere listen on your on your DAB to Willie and I do it yeah for, uh, fifth place, Indianapolis are still in the um, in the third down conversions. Uh, in sixth place, the San Francisco 49ers, who face the 26th place Cleveland Browns. That's how I'm doing this, because I've got it in front of me on Monday Night Football. I, this was a really risky one to put on Monday Night Football going into the season, because they were two teams that we legitimately had no idea what they were going to be. We just knew that they had talent, but... We didn't know whether that talent was going to actually work out for them because we hadn't seen it done. I, I for for me, the big matchup here that I think will win it for the 49ers is the def- their defensive line and their linebacker core against uh, an offensive line which looked better against the Ravens, but still isn't really good enough in Cleveland. I think they'll cause Baker Mayfield all sorts of problems in the backfield. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the 49ers win. I think you can read a little bit too much into what Cleveland did last week. Survived with a you know a couple of good defensive turnovers, a couple of big players. So I'm not sure whether they're as good as they looked at at the Ravens. I really love what San Francisco do in the rushing game. It seems like one guy drops out and there's someone else to come in. That rotation keeping everyone healthy. They've come off a bye week. They're they're at home. Um, I love I love that secondary. I think it's I mean it's not really that underrated with us, but I think it's generally quite underrated across the NFL. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers. So we're going to be the cover team on the next issue of Gridiron, by the way. Yes! Oh, look at this. What a turnaround. First first 3-0 start since 1998. I've only repeated that about six times on the podcast. Knock the Cowboys off the cover. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> I mean, this is all wonderful news. Um, if, if the Browns are going to beat them, and I'm not writing them off entirely, um, we still haven't seen... Uh, the, the rookie tackle, Justin Skewell, have to do too much at the moment since Joe Staley's injury. Um, Miles Garrett could cause him and Mike McGlinchey some problems, as could the, the rest of that kind of front, potentially. And the other thing is, um, is that Aquila Weatherspoon, having gone out of the game last week, uh, is still questionable. If, uh, you know, if it's going to be Dante Johnson opposite him, they've just sent... Um, uh, they've just sent the former Chargers fella to IR for the season after he came off the bench in that game and was dreadful for basically seven straight plays. They're claiming that was health of Jason Verrett. Um, so whoever fills in at that second corner slot, there's a chance they're going to be green as hell and could be picked on. Uh, if they're matched up with Odo Beckham, woo, I'm not going to be a fan of that. So the Browns have potential in this game. This isn't in any way like an easy home banker at all. Should be a good game. I think <laughs> Where's so. Where's he gone? <laughs> no, that was the Sherry from the toilet. <laughs> Should be a good game, why I totally agree, man. Just, just probably me corner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was very, very good. <laughs> all right. Uh, cheers, guys. See you all Sunday. See you Sunday. Soon, and Sherry, 
Grimble's going to be there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what a guy. Yeah. Are we going to get a thought from him for the next part? Yeah, let's do that. Have. Let's do that. I think we have uh brilliant stuff thank you everyone for listening at uk gridiron on instagram we'll be doing insta stories from the game on sunday uh, at gridiron on twitter where there'll be lots of content from there from the locker room etc uh and you can also hear the whole game from london live with excuse me me pitch side ollie involved up in the booth it's going to be brilliant i can't wait for it over on talk sport 2 from 5 30 on sunday so if you can't be there and you can't be in front of a telly get the app and get on dob and listen to gridiron boys taking over the radio ollie any final thoughts no beautiful well thank you for listening this has been the gridiron show sherry's definitely gone all right um i'll pop that i don't have any final thoughts either will (laughs) 